There has to be some common sense. Yes, sir, they have the car stopped in town at Grant's microphone. We still don't know who pulled the trigger. everyone and welcome to police off the cuff real crime stories i'm your host retired nypd sergeant bill cannon 27 year veteran out of manhattan north homicide squad and with me tonight is retired nypd detective and straight out of brooklyn phil grimaldi how you doing tonight phil i'm doing pretty good billy how about you i'm doing good and we also have another detective don't let that captain thing on his uh, on the screen fool you it's a retired nypd detective Mike Carew, but he's also a master scuba diver and a master. He owns Captain Mike's dive shop on City Island in, in New York City. And that's where he gets the, the rank of captain from his dive shop. You open a dive shop, you can give yourself whatever. I, I call myself Admiral Bill, but <laughs> Mike chose Captain Mike Carew. Mike, welcome to the show. Uh, thanks, Bill. Uh, I was actually a captain before I uh, had the shop. So, uh, Captain is a, it's a real title. I uh, I did captain boats. I sold captain boats. So oh cool. We wear a lot of different hats. So uh, so you have a commercial captain captain's license yes, also. Yes, I do. Yes. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. You know, Mike, this is your second time on the show. I think you were on the show about two years ago, right? Yes. Yes. And you, we had a great time. We're actually on an old NYPD launch, launch five that was owned by uh, Greg Porteous, a real. That's right. A retired state trooper and a real police buff. But we right. did the show right on that boat, and it was really pretty authentic, it, right? It was great. It was the sister ship of uh, one of the boats I was on. And the boat, uh, Launch 5, which is named after a police officer, Wahlberger, who was right. killed in the line of duty, right. it was salvaged. It actually was sunk that, that's in the Passaic River. Right. All, all the police launches are named after uh, uh, uh police officers that were killed in the line of duties. Absolutely. So, Mike, uh, I know that you know a bit about the Kylie Rodney case. I called you up. I discussed the, uh, uh, discussed it with you. And I know that, uh, you know, you tell me, and I've uh, had great discussions with you, about how dangerous scuba diving actually can be. And so, I mean, I don't think I would even try it, but uh, that's me. But, you know, you go down in that water, you have so many things to worry about. You have to worry about how much air you have left, how fast you go down, how fast you go up, you know, getting the thing called the bends, right? You could get if you come up too fast from a uh, depth that's uh, below the depth that would give you the bends. And then, of course, you have visibility issues, getting caught on things. You know, uh, that's that's just a few of the problems you have. You want to talk just generically about uh, about scuba diving? Sure. You know, um there's, you know, there's uh, different aspects of diving is, you know, recreational diving, you know, a lot of people go scuba diving for, uh, for fun, you know, and even there you have, to, you know, you have to be careful about, you know, you have to learn about decompression, you know, um, time limits, uh, ascent rates, uh, different things, safety, safety precautions, you know, I'm knowing where your, you know, your equipment is at all time that it's functioning, checking, all right constantly monitoring your rear, uh, having a buddy with you, 
knowing how their equipment works and functions, where they keep it, uh, emergency procedures. Um, you know, there's so many different things. Now, when you take it to another level, uh, doing uh, police diving or recovering and stuff, just takes it above and beyond um, all of this. Uh, you know, here's another thing. You know, a lot of times when you're recreational diving, you're, you know, you're setting up your equipment, everything's time, this, that, the other thing. When you're doing it for rescue and recovery, that call comes in. Your gear's got to be ready to go, and you're snapping it together. Uh, there's times where you're putting it together. There's a helicopter coming, picking you up. You're getting on a helicopter. You're dressing up. You're getting suited up in the helicopter, flying to the scene, and you're not getting 100% communication on what's going on. Um, you're getting, you may be getting bits and pieces because you're getting dressed. Uh, maybe the co-pilot or something may be relaying information to you. Uh, you know, uh, when we had the dive dive team, a lot of times uh, we were going to location by helicopter. You know, you're, you're suiting up in the back of the helicopter and they're giving you, um, you know, a little bit of information. If you, if you were able to get the headsets on, they might give you some information. But you had a little bit of information uh, what kind of job it was and where it was. But you're, you're going. You get to the scene. And that helicopter starts hovering and you get the signal to go. Once you step out of that helicopter, there's no climbing back up again. You know, uh, you've got tides, you got wind, you got currents. All right. Um, so it's you're on your own. You're ready. You're going. And, and it's and it's a whole nother ballpark. Plus, a lot of these times you haven't been there before. You're going down into an area. There's debris. Uh, depending on how, you know, the location. Um, and just because you're out in the middle of the river doesn't mean you got a flat open bottom. New York City rivers, ships have been dumping, dumping stuff off the off the side of the boat hundreds of years. You know, if someone told me you ran into Jimmy Hoffa down there, I, if I did, I think uh, we'd be collecting on that one. I'd be writing books. I'd be writing movies. You know, you know, Mike. Someone yeah. recently was uh, was really goofing on my accent, saying it's hard to understand you, the way you pronounce say, certain words. And I, I like to have you here because your accent's worse than mine. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel at home. And you got Philly here from Brooklyn, you know? Well, I, I have this Long Island-tinted New York accent. And people oh, say, oh, Bronx. some of the words... <laughs> Some of the he's words I said, he's from the Bronx. Yeah. He's a, he's a Bronx guy. And then we got a yeah. Brooklyn guy. Yeah. So we got Manhattan, Brooklyn, Bronx, and me, a touch of Long Island in there. Yeah. And people really can't understand what the hell I'm saying. <laughs> so, Mike, what did you, you know, say about the Bronx that it's so, it's such a tough uh, borough that they gave it two names, the Bronx. The yeah. Bronx. That's right. Yeah. Well, you know, it was great when, uh, cause I worked in Brooklyn for a short period of time and, and, uh, you know, the guys in Brooklyn say, you guys from the Bronx are crazy, man. You know, we, we'd say the same thing about the Brooklyn guys. You know, he's talking about Brooklyn, you know, oh, Brooklyn's tough. You know, those priests are crazy. Those guys are crazy. And then you're, you're working in Brooklyn like, you guys are nuts. <laughs> Sandra, H, Sandra H says, it's not the least bit hard to understand any of you gents. Then Sandra, someone must yeah. have been messing with me in the chat then, you know. Yeah. Trying, to, trying to, what do they, my grandmother used to say? Get your goat, you know. Yeah. <laughs> You know what? I think, Mike, you're painting a pretty good picture of what it's like to dive into 
you know, the New York waters. I mean, when people go on vacation and recreational diving, you know, they go into the Caribbean, the water's crystal clear. You could be maybe down 10 feet and, and it's still kind of clear. But in, in this particular case, the, the vehicle went into a reservoir. We don't really know uh, what the conditions were as far as currents and stuff like that, but they did say that there was currents. The water levels was changing. And then there could be debris on the bottom that we don't know about. And, obviously maybe some uh some algae or things growing so there was a big um concern in the beginning of this case when the police had said that they searched this area uh this reservoir and they found nothing and they actually told adventures with purpose we already searched that but they went back and they searched and they wind up finding the vehicle maybe you could talk a little bit about that mike how you know the okay. cops could have you know, you know phil before we do that let me just play a little bit of um of this video and i know mike you've watched this video yes but let me these guys are an amazing uh fox 40s rolling the joining us live from nevada county with what they're sharing about that experience ro well nikki and eric these are a bunch of humble and hard-working guys we had the privilege of going out with them on saturday as they search donner lake and surrounding ponds looking for kylie they say what sets them apart from other dive teams is their ability to read sonar it's something that is not taught in police academies and they are self-taught they do this day in and day out it's enabled them to help more than two dozen families get answers about their loved ones just in the two years that they've been doing this. This could potentially be what we're looking for. Diver Nick Wren recounts the moment yesterday when he found what's believed to be the silver CRV of 16-year-old Kylie Rodney and remains inside also believed to be her. The recent Truckee High School graduate went missing after attending a party at the Prosser Campgrounds on August 6th. Based in Oregon, the Adventures with Purpose search and recovery team scoured Prosser Lake on Sunday, putting these two small and narrow boats equipped with sonar in the water. After just about 35 minutes in the water, Nick made that fateful discovery. It's an emotional moment for sure, um, especially, you know, when I first dropped down, the first thing I saw was the vehicle upside down and I was already located towards the rear of the vehicle. And so I looked at the license plate could tell right away this was the vehicle that we were looking for so the next step at that point in my mind is you have to mentally prepare yourself as you're doing the vehicle assessment to um you know for what you may see and so um at that point you just have to kind of block that out and just say hey there's a task at hand that i have to do and i need to do it nick was able to identify it was her vehicle and that there were human remains within the vehicle from there, they notified the family and law enforcement. We notified family and, and dad and grandpa were there less than two minutes. It was tough. It was a very, very tough, very tough moment. You know, I myself have a son. And he is, uh, he, he knows his 16-year-old daughter is not coming home. We went along with the Adventures with Purpose on Saturday as they searched Donner Lake and surrounding areas for Kylie. Multiple dive teams have searched Prosser Reservoir unsuccessfully for days. We're really good at what we do. It's really rare. Uh, there aren't many that have the skill set that we do. And I knew for a fact, if, if she was indeed underwater, we would find her 100%. 
To date, they've solved 24 cases since 2019. The team operates on a shoestring budget able to search across the country at the request of dozens of families looking for missing loved ones. It's unclear who, if anyone, will receive the $75,000 reward, which was offered for information to help find Kylie. We're not reward hunters. We're not in this to, we're volunteers. Uh, you know, if, if a reward is given to us, we will honor it. But we are in no way going to per, pursue it. We don't want to be perceived that way, nor will we ever. You know, uh, could it be used? Absolutely. Uh, you know, what we do, it, we do it on a shoestring budget. You know, uh, something like that could help us help a lot of families. Now, if you could believe these guys do it all for free, there is no charge to families, no charge to law enforcement. They simply ask that you follow them on their YouTube channel and subscribe. It is free and they have millions of followers. Now, they will take the next couple of days off to decompress before they start their next two cases that will bring them to Selma and San Luis Obispo. Reporting live from downtown Truckee tonight, Rowena Shaddix, Fox 40 News. So, Mike, pretty impressive, right? I mean, the big thing that became such a uh, bone of contention in this case was that the police had searched Prosser Reservoir and declared it cleared and that it was uh, the car wasn't in that reservoir. So, he, go ahead, Bill. Go ahead. Well, and then these guys came, and uh, I think it took them 45 minutes to find the car. Well, okay, in, in that location, but you know, again, not to take away from anybody or do anything. And as uh, Phil was just starting to say, you know, he he was asking about like the uh, the grass and debris, and you know, you, you look at the conditions, all right. Um, so even some of the parks and lakes that we had to dive in New York City were even harder than in river, and that has to do with vegetation. That vegetation gets caught up on your fins, your equipment. You're swimming along and it's just gathering up on you and it gets heavy. And again, that's like, you know, you're trying to surface up, even though you got the flotation, uh, the, the BCD, maybe your tri suit, you, you, you're trying to get up. It's like somebody sitting on your back. It's not a comfortable situation. It's, you know, so, Mike, just, can I stop you for one second? Yeah. Day to day, the, um, the uh, clearance or, or what you're going to see in the reservoir because of silt and other things the vision that you can have is going to, is going to vary day to day. Yeah. You know, there's, there's again, there's, um, there's, there is different variables, you know, and, you know, we're just looking at one, one part of it, you know, and, um, you know, now I'm down to a prime area, different things. It takes a long time. You know, the same thing we were looking for the, uh, Mr. New York state trooper, uh, that was sent in the river, you know, we dove all around New York city waterfront for two weeks before we, you know, really narrowed it down. Um, the same thing, it was, you know, investigation. Uh, we uh, narrowed it down by, um, uh, we knew where uh, the individual that uh, placed his car in the water uh, had some waterfront experience or knowledge or worked around the waterfront. So we started to uh, narrow in on those areas. And yes, the, the first car we uh, found was a, uh, uh, and 19, there was 30, there was actually somewhere around 20 something cars down there, uh, stacked up on top of each other. Uh, one of them was a, uh, another car that was uh, missing for many years, a Lincoln Continental. Um, and, uh, he was, he was suspected of dumping that one also 
prior to. They said, if you find this, you find this 1977 uh, Lincoln Continental with New Jersey plates, um, we know we're in the area because, you know, they know he did this hit and, you know, the guy disappeared and, and, and we came across the uh, Lincoln Continental first. Uh, a few dives later, we came across uh, uh, Trooper Snyder's uh, Trooper car, uh, and uh, we pulled that one out and numerous other cars after that. But the uh, Adventures with Purpose, 24 rescues or recoveries, excuse me, recoveries right. in two years is really pretty damn impressive. Very, very impressive. Again, they have... They've got it. They've got a skill, and and um, you know you can't take you can't take the away from them. It's like anything else, you know. When you're doing things, you know how to how to you know conduct the investigations, uh, set up uh, search patterns, uh, do investigations, uh, eliminate process of elimination. You know you're gonna do it. You know just like you know the same thing in the, in the PD. You got you got guys that. Uh, really got a skill. They got a knack, and they can they can get to the bottom of things faster than others. You know, so they they have an impressive record. They cut yeah. to the chase, and they know exactly what to do right away. They also they don't go in blindly. They speak to the police. They interview the police. They interview other witnesses that put them that put them where they want to be to to uh, the best chance of finding this. Uh, missing 16-year-old and her vehicle. Right. Yeah. I think the sonar equipment that they uh, used to uh, find the vehicle was either better than the equipment that uh, the local law enforcement had, or it was just that they were more expert in the use of the sonar equipment because uh, when you watch the video that, that they put out, uh, they talk about seeing an object in the water and uh, they think it's uh, a tire. They think they spot a tire or something. Uh, but it's really, really amazing. I mean, because on the screen to me, they show you the actual screen in the video. It just looks like a whole bunch of lines and stuff. But apparently they were onto something. But I wanted to ask you this, Mike, too. Uh, that I read uh, during the uh, uh, investigation, uh, you know, on this case, that if it's a little bit of windy in a reservoir, it could actually stir up the bottom of the reservoir uh, you know, I guess like sand and stuff like that. Would that be correct just from the, you know, just the breezes that are above? Well, yeah, when you when you add breezes, it, 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 uh, it, it, it uh, involves water movement. So when you're pushing a body of water, you know, pressure will push a body of water. So wind is, uh, wind is one. Um, it can stir up the bottom. Sure. Any kind of water movement, anything can stir up bottom. So, um you know that that's a, that is a that is a possibility. There's so many variables that can change in this situation that may have made it uh, more difficult for the uh, law enforcement officials that you know uh, cleared the area. You know, like I said, you know uh, um, the debris. You know, when when the car first went in the water, you know um, it uh, it stirred, it it hit the bottom, it stirred up, it clouded up. You know, yeah. um, they may not have had side scan sonar they might not have they could have missed it by 10 feet they could have missed it by five feet of visibility was bad sure, sure. what were the search patterns that we using? what was the methods uh um you know the reason i bring it up is because there's so many conspiracy theories that started after it was revealed that the police had searched that area 
before Adventures with Purpose located the vehicle. And there's just, you know, Bill and I went through this uh, on, we did many shows on this. There's so many different things that have to be factored in. The vehicle was upside down. It could have blended in with the bottom of the reservoir uh, because they said they did a search from the air. And according to what they said with the search from the air, they said they could see the bottom of the reservoir, but they also had dive teams in the area too. So I think you just made the real good point that they could be as close as five or 10 feet away and still miss it. Yeah. You know, how many times, you know, the same thing we had, um, we had a couple of different team, teams because um, we were going, you know, around the clock 24-7. So you'd get, um, you'd get a call, whether it was car in the water, body missing, whatever. Uh, the, the, the first team on the scene shows up. They do a couple of searches, all right? Um, and, and what people don't understand is, you take a small area and it can take quite a while to do that search. We had, we had a lot more resources than these other departments. Um, you know, we had our own compressors. We had a lot of tanks. We had, you know, we had manpower, we had boats, we had helicopters. All right. So, um, so let's say, uh, let's say a day team, uh, you know, let's say I'm coming in on a four to 12 and the day team went out and they come back and they say, well, this is what we have. This is where we searched, and you know they'd write you know would write diagrams back at the time. You know, it wasn't GPS locations or whatever, uh, and they'd tell you, well, we 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 searched out, you know, uh, hundred you know hundred fifty foot this way, two hundred feet that way, and you continued, and and then when you cleared that area, you flipped the search, you went back in, you did different things, um, you know, and you you know there are times you can miss things. You know, um, nobody, nobody's perfect. You know, um, you'd, you'd like to be as, you know, as efficient and uh, good. Um, if we knew there was something uh, in an area and we knew and we missed it, we went back over and did it again, you know, until you found it. You know, how many times we're looking for a gun, uh, you know, you know, and it's a real small object, you know, uh, and we're looking in between, God, you know, there's garbage pails under the water. There's cars. There's bicycles. Anything can be thrown, especially when you're working. When we're cl working close by the seawall, you know, everything that could be thrown in the uh, in the river. The heavy objects were closer to the seawall. The lighter, the further they were able to throw them out. So yeah. you're looking for a gun in between bicycle tires, different things. No visibility. You're feeling around. Now, again, you know, when they went in, was the visibility not so clear? Were they getting thrown off? Okay, here's another thing. You know what their search pattern what they were using was that was that vegetation throwing them off on their north, south, east, west. You're you're trying to run search lines, but it's fouling up on you. So it's you're not running them 100 percent straight. True. Um, and how about and again, the vehicle? The vehicle could move when it's under the water. Correct, Mike. You usually once they settle, unless you know, even like it, once they settle, they pretty much settle in one location. I really haven't had much experience where one bobbed all the way down there. I mean, you found them like you know, maybe it did take a time for it to settle down, but when we had a, um, a location, it, you know, especially if we had information, it went in here, you know, um. It was, you know, maybe that distance, you know, uh, 30, 40, 50 feet off, off the mark. Okay. Uh, when we were doing the piers, all right, when they would shoot them off the piers, you know, they would probably be out 30, 40 feet, 
but depending on which way the current was going and stuff, what the weight of the vehicle was, what the size of the tires were. Um, yeah, it, you know, it would take you some time to find, you know, find the car and you knew it was there, you know, you knew it went in and it took you a while to find it, you know? Um, so, and it's not uncommon to have, it was very common for a lot of the cars to be upside down, you know? Oh, Mike, let me play a little of this and then we'll get into that, how the car wound up where it was and, and how it was. Andrew Kylie Rodney ended just yards from where it began. Late Sunday, a team from the volunteer group Adventures with Purpose with that stunning find. Just two days in the beginning its search. Using cutting-edge sonar technology, they detected an object that they discovered to be a vehicle in 14 feet of water, 55 feet offshore. Today, authorities confirming it was Rodney's vehicle with human remains inside. The lake was extensively searched with side sonar, with an ROV. Uh, we had divers, we had swimmers. If you look at the amount of uh, man hours that went into it, it was like over 15,000. And I know it's even higher than that now. Law enforcement say they plan to debrief Adventures with Purpose about their methods. Initially, the case was treated as a possible abduction because early on August 6th, both Rodney and her car and vanished without a trace. Authorities widely circulating this image of Rodney captured on surveillance video in the last outfit she was seen in. That night, she had attended a party at the Prosser family campground near Truckee, a community north of Lake Tahoe. There were several hundred other teens there, many of whom were drinking. Her mother said she got a text from Rodney saying she was heading home, but an hour later at 12.30 a.m., her cell phone pinged for the last time near the lake where her vehicle was eventually found. Dad and grandpa were on scene for less than two minutes. That must have been pretty difficult. Yeah, you know, it's very tragic, you know. Um, at, at that point, we were, uh, you know, all hope for her coming home was gone. Um, they were very frustrated with uh, how things played out. And David, tonight, the Rodney family issuing a statement saying, in part, Kylie will surely remain with us, even though we will not get her back. Now, an autopsy is scheduled for tomorrow. Law enforcement has not yet positively identified those remains as Kylie's. They believe them to be hers. They say this is still an active investigation. David. Now, Mike, now you saw they're saying uh, Adventures with Purpose that the vehicle was only 60 feet from the shore. So 60 feet, that's pretty damn close, you know, and, and that also makes people wonder, you know, how did law enforcement not find it? Six, 60 feet, is, you know, again, 60 feet is 60 feet, you know, it's 15 feet of water, you, you know. Um, Again, did, did they have, did they have tire tracks? There were, you know, there was was there tire tracks laden in? Was there rain? Was there wind? I don't know the, uh, uh, you know, the the land there. Um, was it a sand bottom, rock bottom? Uh, you know, uh, leading leading to the water. You know, um, you know, it's it, now the other thing is, um, did they have the exact location? Did law enforcement have the exact location when the phone last? was paying or were they going by you know what you know they were, were, how far was the party from there you know so the, the cell phone was pinging in the area the last time it pinged was somewhere close to the area where the vehicle was found uh i would say within clo probably within a quarter mile or less right 
but now, okay, so a quarter mile less, you know, they, that's that's a broad area. Sure. So, and it's a camp, it's a, you know, it's a camping, camping ground site. Vehicles are driving on that, that location constantly. They even said cars are coming down, putting, putting kayaks in the water. So tire, tire marks, uh, not suspicious to me near the water. You know, when you're thinking about that, whose tires are they? Did somebody, did somebody log, you know, drive their car down, put a kayak in the water, put something else in the water. So, and now again, you have an open, open area, people camping, they're walking, they're trampling on the tire marks. Um, so, you know, that that's another thing they could throw you off from leading, you know, um, to that exact location. I think, uh, you know, from what I'm hearing and reading and looking at the, they finally decided after they did a dives in other locations that a car could possibly go in the water. This was the last area her, her phone was pinging. So that narrowed them down to really start looking in that area. They had two vessels in the water doing side scan. Each one of them, I noticed, had two side scans on them. So, yeah, and they got they got a hit, you know. Um, and it seems like, you know, that area um, was a pretty much open, open bottom. So when they got a, a hit of an image, they started focusing in on it and um, – you know, they were they were successful at at uh, you know picking up on it, marking it, and and finding finding the vehicle. You know, Mike, talk about when they do spot this vehicle. Talk about a lone diver going down there, the danger involved, uh, some of the precautions you might take as a diver. Uh, what do you expect to see? How do you approach the vehicle? Just all those things that you know as to the person who's totally a neophyte and not a diver. So it's, it's, what was it like two weeks? Uh, the car was uh, missing. Yes. yes about right? two weeks. It's a recreational place. People fishing there. What's there? You know, again, when I talk about vegetation, vegetation, I've gotten caught up on vegetation. It gets heavy. Um, fishing line. All right. Uh, you know, if you guys have been fishing, you know, if you you're fishing, you get your your line caught. If you didn't want it to break, it'd break in a second. But if if it's you're trying to break it, it seems like that's the uh, the way it is. Doesn't break. Um, well, Mike, you know, don't you have the knife in your teeth? Oh yeah, <laughs> definitely, without a doubt. You know, in my speedo from the last broadcast. That's right. That's right. You said you wore a speedo in the last uh, episode. <laughs> yeah, I walked when I was wearing a speedo. That's what, that was his big thing. Yeah, but um. So, you know, all these different things are going, you know, going, going through your mind. What, what am I, what, what am I going to hang up on? You know, uh, in the video, he had uh, decent, decent visibility, but the same thing, you could have monofilament. And now some of the fishing line that they have today is not just a regular fishing line. It's called spider wire, which is like, you can't cut it with a regular knife. You got to cut it with a scissor, you know? So if that's in there, you got another you got another problem, you know. Um, 
and and you know and again you know you're going down is you know uh you're gonna be you know you'll be looking in is the uh you know i've i've come upon vehicles and they're actually still sinking in sinking into the mud as they as we're pulling people out you know sure so mike are you familiar are you familiar with the coney allen area like the, the graves and bay side of coney yeah. allen yeah. Okay, I had a homicide one time, and the perpetrator threw the knife into the the Bayside. Right, it was around less like West Twenty Third Street. Now, in in that area, of Coney Island, there was tires, cars, all the debris that you talked about. So naturally, we called Harbor. They uh, just on a phone call, we told them the location, and the boss from Harbor said, "Listen, I'm not putting my guys down in the water. It's too treacherous. Uh, you know, you, you there's so much silt there and crap and." You know, you can't see your hand in front of your face. So they never made the dive to try and recover. You know, it was a small uh, kitchen knife, like a steak knife. So they that had they to be after my era. What's that? That had to be after my era. <laughs> that, that was around uh, 1992, I would say. Uh, and it was actually in June. It was warm, warm weather. But uh, there was just so much crap yeah. in the water that they didn't want to take the chance to put a diver down. Okay. That, that, that's surprising because very rarely did um... – they turn turn down like uh you know dive unless like you said you know um it, it was there was just so much debris in the area that they yeah. did you know they stayed they i think they they came by with the boat they saw it was there and they and they got back to us and said listen you know it's too dangerous to put a diver down in the water there yeah you know mike uh, this dive here the guy nick who did uh, make the recovery people are talking about it in the chat it wasn't his first dive it was his first recovery I mean, obviously, he was an experienced scuba diver. Mike, what we wanted to get to also is, and what many people have a big problem with here, is this vehicle going into the water and flipping over and winding up on its back. I know when I spoke to you, you gave um, what I thought was an outstanding explanation as to how that happens. Could you want to repeat that for the audience? Sure. So... Many, you know, many vehicles we recovered were upside down. So, um, you know, the engines in the front, all right, car goes in, you know, um, the balance, all right. The, now, it, it may have been, uh, I don't know the exact weight of the, the, uh, the that, that vehicle, what size tires were on it. Um, but a lot of times, yeah, it the engine's in the front. So it's going to naturally bring it down all right now was the which what direction was the vehicle facing was the rear further towards offshore so i'm presuming that the vehicle did, did the uh, now again i don't know did the vehicle go in does anybody know did the vehicle go in reverse what was the uh was the uh when they pulled the vehicle up was it in nude park neutral reverse well it was it you know what gear was it in did the car go in did the car go in backwards did she did she drive it in backwards did she drive it in forward all right but so the engine's in the front the front of the car is going to go down and a lot of times if it had no momentum it's going to start going and as it fills up all right it's going to sink the tires with the flotation are going to want to pull the flotation is going to want to be to the top. So that's usually why um, those, those vehicles uh, would wind up upside down. A lot of times you got, you know, other vehicles, uh, very, very heavy frame uh, and it, and it sunk evenly. 
filled up quick, went down evenly. The car would be car would be sitting on the tires. So it sounds like that Lincoln Town car you were talking about earlier. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, um, but it, it yeah very not uncommon to find the vehicles upside down. Mike, you know, we had a young lady on that went and filmed the whole area. Her name was Verna Cooey. She showed how as you approach the reservoir, there was a steep drop. Uh, it looked like it was maybe 20 or 30 feet down before you got to the water's edge. So right. we're assuming that, you know, it was very dark and she was either disoriented and probably went in nose first and maybe would have thrust from that that you know, that deep drop off. And then uh, only about 10 or 15 feet into the water was another drop where, where the water went from like a couple of feet down to, you know, a deep, a deep side. So I think that, you know, the car being found with uh, some of the windows either broken or open and uh, everything you just described, it's more than likely that that's how it wound up, you know, the weight of the engine, the car filling up and then the the air and the tires would propel it forward. And, and it's very easily explained how it wound up outside, uh, upside down, I believe. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And again, we don't know if she went in at night during the day. Um, well, so her phone was, her phone was pinging around the time that we think she went in was like 1230, 1233. And that was the last time the phone pinged and she was uh, possibly, leaving the location around that time. She wasn't heard from. So I think it all, uh, you know, it all falls into place that it was probably, you know, that time of night, 1231, you know, between 1230 and one, I guess. Okay. Here's another thing I'm going to throw at you. And you brought up an interest, interesting point. Um, so the embankment sloped down, she's driving along. Your headlights are shooting out straight. The ground level, when you're driving and, and you got a, a road that dips, your headlights don't shine on the uh, on a dip in the road. All right? right. Only shines on it on it on when you're hitting a crest. So she's a young and experienced driver. Uh, we don't know if she was under any influence or whatever, but let's just say she wasn't. Let's just take that all. Let's take that factor out. You're driving along. You can't see. She doesn't know me. And again. All of a sudden, she goes down. All right, and she now maybe she panics, hits the gas and the brakes. All right, hits the gas instead of the brakes. You know, this is the, this is even far fetching. Um, but you know, I had an incident. I actually got hit by a car in a store where the woman was making a U-turn in the street outside. She thought she was, uh, she thought she put the car back in uh, forward or reverse, whatever, reverse uh, forward. And she started to step on the gas. The car went in the opposite direction, she thought. She went to slam on the, on the, uh, on the brakes. She hit the accelerator and came right through the store. Okay. So, wasn't on the influence, anything, just, you know, uh, you know, at the moment, she, Went to slam on the brakes, hit the gas, and made it even worse. So, taking an inexperienced driver, maybe is she familiar with the car? How much driving experience does she have with the car? How many times you get in a car? You know, maybe you're, you know you're running someplace, you rent a car, and you get in and you're looking. Where's the wipers? Where's the lights? How do I turn this on? How do you turn that on? 
you know, sometimes it takes a few times driving driving a vehicle till you know where it is, especially at night. You know, you know Mike, I have I have the new Acura. I don't know how to use half the shit in that car. <laughs> right. All right. Right. So really, I mean, you know, you jump in somebody else's car and you're like, well, how do I, you know, how do I work it? You know, years, years ago, everything was in the same, pretty much the same place, whatever. Now you, uh, you know, some cars, the lights are on the, the signal directional, uh, the wipers are somewhere else, the turn, the wipers on, you got to turn and, you know, turn it, no more foot pedal, uh, that little button on the floor on the left-hand side. Uh, the brights, you know? yeah. yeah. Yeah, right? Yeah. Now you're um, showing your age, Mike. Go easy there. Uh, yeah, there you, go, right? <laughs> you know, Mike, one of the most important things that has been added so much contention and so much conspiracy theory is that when the vehicle was recovered, she was found in the very, very rear, the hatch. That's what everyone's calling it. The very, very rear of the Honda CRV. Uh, people are having a problem with that. You know, how did she get back there? Um, I spoke, uh, again, to be fair, I spoke to you about this prior to coming on the air. The other thing was you felt that if she was in fact seat belted in, in the driver's seat, that's where we would have found her. And the fact that she was found in the rear, I'm going to let you explain your explanation for this. Okay. So, um, you know, any any person that's you know been in the water, all right, you start getting submerged in water. You want to go up, all right. It's almost a natural instinct, you know. And again, I don't know how long it took the car to fill up, uh, but you know the car's filling up. You know if it's starting to go down, you're going you're going to, you're going away from the water, not into the water, all right. Uh, again, I, I think she was totally inexperienced in handling a car. Uh, never mind. A, a car that's starting to submerge all right um it's trying it's trying to try you know it's sinking and she's trying to get out and stay and and you know get get some air or something she's climbing she's climbing to the back uh we had uh we had an incident where a uh a car went off the hutchison river parkway uh spun out of control on some ice um it went into an icy pond backwards the driver was actually able to get out of the car and he swam towards the rear of the car looking for the opening where the car went through the ice but he didn't know he didn't realize that the car spun backwards so he swam further into the ice away from the exit hole instead of to it so you know you know Think about when things happening. You know, you're trying to think in a flash. It's, you know, she's in a situation. It's probably at night. Car's out of control. She's now in the water. Doesn't know how to operate. That. You, know, you know, she tried to do the best she could to escape and, and unfortunately didn't make it. You know, that's how you're going to wind up in the back. back. All right. Now, even, even if, um, you know, uh, I, I heard some questions or watched the, the individual said she didn't know how to operate the, uh, the seatbelt. All right. You know what? Even today, you know, um, I jumped in a vehicle today and I'm I'm trying to buckle the, the seatbelt. 
It's an older vehicle. The seatbelt uh, piece was floppy. You know, it was one of those ones where you actually had to hold it in place and use two hands to plug yourself in. Um, so, again, night, she's having a hard time. Maybe she says, ah, to hell with it. I'm not going to buck buckle myself in. You know, what What are the answers? You know, I'm just going to say, uh, you know, here we are. And, and it's actually a, ru a rule. Buckle it. How many people drive without buckling a seatbelt? Is it a rule in Nevada? Do you have... Are you required to buckle your seatbelt in Nevada? Can anybody answer that? Well, this was actually uh, California. Okay, right, right. Okay, the California. It's not near the border, though, in Nevada, right. yeah. But yeah, I kept seeing in Nevada, Nevada. So, but it, I think seatbelts are pretty universal. Probably California. I mean, I can't say one hundred percent certain without checking it, but I would say it's it's probably universal. And and California probably there is a seatbelt law. But again, you're making a point, Mike, that. You know, a lot of kids might, uh, you know, she's at a party, she's leaving, maybe she's texting. I pulled out away from my house today and I was doing something. I didn't get my seatbelt on until I was halfway up the block. You know, the thing was beeping yeah. because I was trying to, uh, right. you know, maneuver the phone and stuff. So things like that happen. But you're making all the great points. The darkness, the, you know, uh, the, the fact that the car probably filled up quickly. There could have been intoxication or drugs. We don't know the toxicology results yet, but we know that the, some of the windows were either broken out or open on the vehicle based on when uh, Adventures with Purpose went down and recovered the vehicle. So right. in that case, the minute it goes in the, uh, into the water and the water gets up to the windows, it's right. going to fill up rather quickly. And with open oh, windows, yep. it's going to it's going to go down yep. fast. Open windows, they're going to flood faster. It's going to vent vent the air out faster. Right. And, and I think exactly what you said is probably what happened. She's you know, cause lurching forward, almost turning upside down. The air pocket is behind her because of gravity. And she may have went gone towards the back of the vehicle to try and escape and get the air. And unfortunately she was overcome by the water. Right. You know, the, the, the same thing, you know, how familiar, how familiar was she really with that area? Apparently, she was very she was very well um, familiar with it. However, you know, you throw in some alcohol, and it being dark, and being maybe disoriented. You know, we there's people saying um, that saw her that she was intox. Okay. Again, they don't have the um, autopsy results nor the toxicology results back, so it, we can't. Uh, Till we get that back, we can't definitively say she was intoxicated. Yeah. We're getting this back. Look, the police also interviewed between, I don't know, two, 300 juveniles, three, 300 to 400. The results of interviews, as we know, in the detective squad, are one of the most important parts of uh, an investigation. All these other things and the science of it, and I um, Adventures with Purpose, Nick, the guy who did recover uh, the vehicle and did recover um, the body in the vehicle, he felt that this was suspicious, that she was in the rear of the vehicle described as the hatch. That was what he felt. I mean, I think there's a lot more investigation to go on before anyone can specifically say that this was suspicious. Right. Well, his, his now, you know, um, he did a great job. Um, you know, and you guys know, you know, Six six months of academy training prepared us for coming upon these scenes and different things. 
was what's his what's his background does he have military background does he have law enforcement background you know how about the first time you come up come upon a doa you know um you know it, it, you know how many how many investigations has he been on you know suspicious or whatever again i'm not i'm not like you know checking his credibility whatever but um you know, the, the same thing, you know, you get, you know, we, we did it, we did it day in and day out, you know, and, uh, you know, there were times you thought something was suspicious and found out it was, uh, you know, an absolutely, you know, complete uh, accident. Cause you say, how could somebody really be thinking that, you know, that's another, you know, that's another thing you got to take into consideration, you know, somebody's state of mind, you know, um, now, what do we know? Did did she just break up with a boyfriend? Did she just get some bad news? Did she, you know, we're we're going we're going on a lot of different things, and we don't we don't know a, a, a state of mind. But um, you know, a- accidental. You know, this just this looks just like a complete tragedy to me. Again, you know, there's things that we haven't been told yet either. Um, what 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 gear was the car in? Was there a break? They they were saying um, Adventures with Purpose was saying it was um, in neutral. However, I think they were judging that by the fact that the wheels were turning uh, with the current. And then I think that um, when the vehicle was being towed out, the wheels were turning. They weren't vehicle was towed out of the water in, you know, from the back. And I think people are saying it was reversed based on the fact that the wheels were turning. But we found out and we discussed it that if the vehicle is off and in neutral, the wheels will turn, you know, the car will be able to go backwards. But again, in the panic to try and get out of the vehicle, she could have knocked it into neutral. You know what I mean? So that's, you know, there's there's some discussion. We had, we had a car going to water. Um, We had a car, the car was in park and uh, they were, they were fooling around in a car. And during their, uh, uh, I guess, foreplay, they knocked the car into gear. Both of them, you know, car goes in the water. You know, we get the call, confirm, you know, two people, you know, and they said two people, uh, we get to the scene, they said, guy and a girl swam, swam the shore, got out, they got out, they climbed out, and they ran away. So we go down and we find the car. Um, it's, uh, you know, it, it's unoccupied. We popped the trunk, everything, everything's good. We get the license plate. And it was, you know, it was closed inside the car and stuff. And the next day, the detectives uh, located the owner of the car. And that's what happened is, uh, you know, guy and a girl weren't supposed to be together. We were uh, together uh, along the waterfront uh, having some fun. And they knocked the car in gear while they were playing around, uh, keeping the heater going. And uh, both of them wound up in a drink. So... Uh, they didn't want to get caught, and they ran. And you know, so like you said, you know, there's there's a lot of there's you know there's there's other possibilities. Folks, this is police off the cuff, real crime stories. If you like real crime stories from a police perspective, please go on our YouTube and hit that subscribe button, give us a thumbs up, and ring that bell. Uh, if you want to support us, we have a Patreon, at three different levels, and you see the folks with the green fat. Green font in the Fat. chat. Green green font in the chat. That's a Brooklyn accent. Yeah, there are there are YouTube channel members, and we really appreciate them. We have five different levels at that. So, folks, we'd appreciate you uh, at least subscribing to us. It's free. 
you know, Mike, this is, um, you know, th th this is an ongoing investigation. Yes. Again, I don't think anyone, and us included, can praise uh, Adventures with Purpose more. They do God's work. They did an incredible, incredible job. And they're going to continue doing an incredible job throughout the United States. And we did, you know, I would support them for any police department that requests or needs assistance on, on a dive like this. They're just, they're just an incredible. Absolutely, Bill. And as I as I mentioned to you, you know, um, you know, so many so many departments they have dive teams, you know, and then there's there's all these volunteer dive teams that go on, and you know, which I mentioned, um, the NYPD to get on a dive team is so difficult as far as a physical because it's so physically demanding, you know, um, and then you know you have volunteer dive teams, you know. Uh, the same thing, you know, they're doing it, they're doing it for nothing. How are you going to tell them they got to, you know, meet a certain physical or different things, you know, there's different requirements. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of people that want to do it want to contribute. And again, they're, they're, they're volunteers. Um, they don't, and, and like you said, we did train and I was, I had a lot of dive experience before I even went to the dive team. Um, but even still, we still did diving. We did dive training. And then we would, you know, we did dives. Even guys I worked with just used to love to dive. So they'd go out and go, come on, let's, let's go see what's over here. You know, we would go diving and we call, you know, we called it Mongo diving. Um, and a couple of guys, we found we found an area where where one PP was dumping old shields like from years and years ago, you know, and coming up with stuff and would bring it up. They'd be like, Where'd you find that? And we tell them, go put it back. Don't tell them because that was supposed to be giving it done. So <laughs> get, you know, don't get get out of here. Don't go back there. You know, um, that's but that, that's you know, you know, you get these, you know, you get a lot of volunteer guys. They want to, they want to, um, they want to do good, but they're not getting the exercise. They're not getting the, the training or the time. It's like anything else. The more you do it, the better you're going to become. All right. Another thing I'm going to say to everybody out there is don't get complacent. When you get complacent, you get caught. It doesn't matter what you're doing. Um, everybody always asks, how did that guy, how did that happen to that guy? He had so much experience. He's got complacent. Oh, that can't happen. I mean, I got, I got thousands, you know, I, I, I got, you know, and then, like I said, I talked about fishing line. I got caught up on fishing line in five and a half feet of water. You know, and here I was, I used to, you know, I used to do free dive to 40, 50 feet, catch a lapses. You know, I'm in five and a half feet of water. I'm like, you know, I'm too lazy to get up, change my tank. I got like just another minute to work, you know, and I'm sucking on the tank, you know, fixing a shackle, doing something. And sure enough, I go to get up and that monofilament is wrapped around my, uh, my fin. Wow. The water, the, the, the water's right here. And I'm going, I'm trying to reach the top of the dock and I can't reach it. And I'm like, uh oh, <laughs> some people would have really panicked and like, like started clawing for the surface. And I just started thinking, well, if I can jump another inch or so, I can grab the top of the dock. So that's what I did. I went down instead of up, kicked off the bottom, got a hold of the dock, 
got myself up high enough. All right. Um, I just pushed the side of the regulator out with my tongue, caught my breath, you know, uh, cursed myself to death, made fun of myself going, you idiot. This would have been some news. Police diver drowns in five feet of water. You know, um, I got complacent, but I was lucky. You know, um, where was my knife on the dock? Where was a full tank on the dock? I got complacent. I almost got caught, you know, so. Good um, advice, Mike. Good advice. Yeah. Bill, you want to go to a quick commercial here? Sure. Joe Murray, attorney at law. Have you found yourself in a jam? Are you in need of legal counsel in the New York area? Do you need a victim's advocate? Well, Joe Murray is your man. He's not only an experienced trial attorney, he's also a retired 15-year member of the NYPD. He literally knows both sides of defense. His website is jmurray-law.com. His telephone number is 646-838-1702. And his email is joe at jmurray-law.com. And if you would like to advertise on Police Off the Cuff Real Crime Stories, just send us an email at Police off the cuff, the number one at gmail.com. That's police off the cuff, number one at gmail.com. Our rates are very reasonable and we have a national as well as an international audience. And it might be the right thing for your business. 9 10 2022, the day before 9 11, first responders unite for fight night. Tunnel to Towers charity. That's a World Trade Center charity. New York City Cops and Kids, NYPD Boxing, FDNY Boxing. National Grid, the Department of Sanitation, New York, Department of Corrections, Customs, United States Marine Corps Boxing. Uh, weigh in at 3 o'clock. The fights start at 6. That's at Staten Island University Hospital, 75 Richmond Terrace, Staten Island, New York. It's for a great cause, the Tunnel to Towers charity. You know, Mike, you've, uh, you've given us such great information. I mean, you know, there's some specialized units on the NYPD that I definitely would have never been suited for. And one of them, of course, would be scuba. Another would be ESU because I hate heights. And I know ESU has to climb up on the bridges. That's one of their tests. They go to the top of like the Verrazano or the top of the Brooklyn. I'm just like, I would have quit that day. I would have said, I'm not doing this. I'm a, where's my mom? I but want my mom. safety harnesses, mom. There was no way I would climb to the top of any of those bridges. I remember when I used to be on roofs of buildings and I would have to go down the fire escapes and I'd be like, oh, oh, you know? I mean, I did it. I did it, yeah. but I didn't like it. I'll put it that right. way, you know? And uh, at least I admit it, you know? No, no scuba diving, no bridge yeah. crawling, you know, none of that stuff. You know your limits, Bill. That's a good, uh, good trait to have. I'll tell you, you know, I I forget what branch of the service uh, had the expression. It wasn't just a job, it was an adventure. And a lot of guys on the dive team didn't want to take a day off because they were afraid what they were going to miss. You know, know, I used to be like Mike. I used to be like that when I was in street crime. I loved going to work. I loved it. I was like, where are we going tonight? I used to love going to Times Square. A lot of guys didn't like Times Square. I loved going to Times Square. Yeah. You know? That's it where the so action easy. was for sure. Yeah. Yeah, but a lot of guys wanted to go to the 4-6 or the 4-4. Four, four. That's where the guns were, you know? Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Times Square, there was a lot of robberies and stuff, and I I, I used to like that. I think that, you probably you know? had to work a little harder in Times Square than uh, if you, you know, back in the day I'm talking about when, you know, you tossing people and stuff in the 4-6. Probably a little more difficult, you know, because you got to – 
you got to really be on top of your game and, and quick if uh, somebody does a purse snatch or something, you know? You know, Mike, yeah. Lieutenant Pete Pranzo's in the chat. He was a street crime lieutenant when I was there in 1988. Okay. And uh, he's a legend. And he was also oh, in three, the 3-2 three for years. Yeah. And he has a book called Harlem Raiders. Right. And uh, I love it that he's in the chat. That he's a former street yeah, he, crime He's guy. definitely right worked with Dick Savage, right? Yes, yes. Dick Savage was there then. He's a he's a street crime lev. You know, just think of that name. Imagine that Dick Savage. I don't even want to meet that guy. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Bobby, he's a cop. Oh, Bobby, keep him away. Bobby, yeah, he's another another street crime legend. Dick Savage. That's yeah. right. Yeah, we we own the night. That was his line. That's right. Well, you know what that, that actually came from? That actually came from a Tom Clancy book, because uh, special forces. In the uh, that was their motto, okay. and I think he may have lifted that that motto from the special forces. But that's okay. We own okay. the night. It's a great, yeah. It's a great motto, you know. Right, and then it made it to, to Nighthawk. That's right. That yeah. that movie Nighthawks was shot at Street Crime on Randall's Island. That's where they right. shot some of the scenes. Yeah, exactly. It's pretty yeah. amazing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they don't call us the greatest detectives in the world for nothing, guys. I know. That's right. <laughs> Yep. You know, Mike, I want to just to really thank you um, for coming on the show, your expertise. And, Absolutely, no problem. You know, it's it's like, so, you know, when you're a cop or you're an investigator, I was a sergeant in homicide, people expect you to be like an expert on everything. And I said, I have zero expertise on cars going in the water. I know nothing about it. Yeah. I know zero about it. But people think that because you're – an investigator, you have to know about all of these things and be an expert at it. And I tell everyone, quite frankly, no, I'm not an expert at that, you know? Yeah, well, yeah we, but Bill, you know, you have something, you have objectivity, you have experience. So if somebody tells you something about it, I think you'll be able to figure out and say, well, that's really out of the realm of possibility or it isn't, you know, that does sound logical and likely. And like, I didn't have that much experience with vehicles going in the water and, but we learned a lot from, from Mike tonight. We learned a lot and we learned a lot from this case, I think. And a lot of it really is common sense. And the fact that he brought up about, uh, you know, uh, the panic and, and, you know, the water would be thrusting towards the rear and, and, you know, all of those different things. And there was actually a witness, uh, one of Kylie's friends said she didn't, she left the party early and wouldn't go with her. They were supposed to leave together because Kylie was drunk. So again, uh, all those components put together, you could see this uh, really being a horrible, uh, tragic accident. Yeah. Well, that's what we, that's sort of what we, uh, think, but many people, Online, many people that are uh, in the audience of, of these um, YouTube content creators, I call them, believe it's something, there's something nefarious here. And, you know, something, if there is, I'll, I'll listen, you know, I'll yeah. listen. But right now I'm seeing this as a tragic uh, accident. Yeah. yeah. You, know, you know, they'll talk about cars in the water, you know, and, and uh, experience with them and stuff. You know, there was, there was, there was so many cars in the water in the city. You know, back in the back in the day, I'm like, you know how much money we can make in scrap metal, you know. <laughs> but then, you know, I was like, I get a barge, I'll pull these things out and scrap the cars. But but then it became a, a problem that most of them were insurance jobs. They didn't have titles tagged and stuff. Be like, all right, well, there goes that. You know, I can sure. have in possession of stolen property. <laughs> 
Yeah, I guess sure. they eventually would become property of the insurance companies that paid out on them and stuff. So, yeah. But, yeah, uh, yeah. Again, those, those are all the obstacles that a diver has to, you know, really navigate through. If oh, yeah. Know, get caught, you know, yeah. Same thing going inside. You know, you're just poking inside a vehicle. You get hung up on a seatbelt, different things, you know. Um, there is one just, you know, it's, all, it, it's you know, in, in relating to the same thing. We had a uh, we had a vehicle that uh, one of those uh, I don't know if I mentioned it uh, last time. I uh, one of the, the new ship parts. Uh, they think they called it a chug. It used to pull the uh, um, the containers. They'd put a bunch of containers on a like a tractor and pull it. And one of the chugs went off off the uh, seawall into the water in about sixty feet of water, uh, pitch black, black, you know, into the mud. That vehicle was upside down too. It was all it was just. An engine, steering wheel, and a, and a small cabin up for the driver. The whole, the whole, pretty much the whole compartment was in the mud. So to get the driver out, I had to dig the mud away from the door as I'm opening, pulling it, and I'm opening and opening and opening the door, and I'm reaching in trying to get the get the uh, the driver out, and I, I just couldn't get him. I had to keep digging, digging, and more and more to get him out. And um, I go in. And I'm I'm pulling on the guy, and his his legs are hung up underneath the dashboard because upside down, so I couldn't get in there to get him. So I had to come back out again, dig some more to open the door more. And my my dive point again, we couldn't see, we didn't have communication. We're just doing hand signals, and he's signaling me not to go back in. And so I just I'm like I'm I I want to get this guy, so I took his hand, I put his hand on my ankle and I went back in the vehicle and I'm spinning and I'm trying to reach up under the dash and free the guy's legs and I'm pulling him out. And as I, as I'm doing that, the vehicle is still sinking into the mud. And now I'm getting, now I'm feeling the pressure of the mud pushing on me and now I'm stuck and I can't get out. Oh geez. I'm, I'm trying to back out and I'm pushing soft oozing mud and i'm not going anywhere uh the only thing that got me out was i started to kick my leg signaling to the to the uh diver to yank me you know so he starts pulling me pulling me and now i'm i'm coming out and at the last second i reached back in i grabbed the guy got a piece of his clothing i yanked and both of us came out you know um, you know mike i remember this story from the last time because i said was that the first time a man ever grabbed both your legs. <laughs> <laughs> well, it probably was, but I'll tell you what. Uh, uh, he did. <laughs> you know? That was another close one, huh, Mike? That was, yeah, that was a close one. And another one, another time I got trapped under ice. We were diving, we were looking for guns up underneath one of the bridges. And uh, the tide changed while we were uh, diving. And uh, all the packed ice come up in the corner and... Uh, and packed up on top of us, um, you know. Just, just lucky we got an. We got at, at some point we got an opening, um, and we were able to uh, come up and get out. But that yeah. was that was that was another close one. So yeah, yeah. You know, I, I hope I hope the people in the chat will forgive that off-color joke. But I just I just couldn't resist, Mike. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I couldn't resist. 
And I, I you want to put a disclaimer. Bill Cannon is not only retired homicide sergeant, he's also a stand-up comedian, yeah. as well as a, commerce, a, a college professor and a musician. He plays instruments. So he wears a lot of hats. Forgive yeah. him for that joke. But uh, well, you know, as you know, the comedic side of, came out. As you know, I'm not one of those cancel culture of, you know, uh, offended by you. You got you to gotta go pretty good to get me, you know. And, I, and I, I know, but... Uh, I remember the last you told that story last time, and, and I, I remembered the joke. I said, "Oh, I got to hit him with this one again." Anyway, <laughs> we're at, you know, we're at an hour and eight minutes. We went over our usual. Uh, Phil, final thoughts. Final thoughts, Captain Mike Carruth. Thank you so much. You brought a lot of light onto the subject of this case. This was a horrible case that this young lady died. Uh, I think you uh, really, there've been so many conspiracy theories and so many questions in the chat on the many shows that we did on this case, but I think you answered a lot of them. And I guess once the, uh, the final uh, determination comes from uh, law enforcement, whether they have the toxicology reports and they'll probably give some type of a press conference, we'll get an idea. But again, thank you very much. Glad you're still here with all of those close calls you had. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, like, you know, a lot of guys on a job, you know, a lot of people had a lot of close calls and, like I said, when you get complacent, you get caught, you know, and Absolutely. you gotta, you gotta, you gotta stay on your game, you know. Um, as I say it all the time. What you're seeing on the screen is Captain Mike's website, uh, Mike at CaptainMike'sDiving.com. Uh, it's on City Island in the Bronx. If you're brave yep. enough to go to the Bronx, you're brave enough to go to Captain Mike's dive shop. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're City right. Island's okay. That's that. Yeah, that is right. City yeah. Island's nice. City a lot Island. of nice restaurants on City Island. I'm on an That's island, sure. surrounded by water. We do the training right here. I use the I use the Maritime College for the pool. We got a great we got a great setup here, uh, you know, and um, you know, and again for, for those out there um, doing doing this kind of work, um, if you you know if you need you know you need help, hinters, tips, whatever, you know, give us a shout. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll uh, you know pitch him where I can and. You know, again, uh, you know, my condolences go out to the family, the loss. Um, you know, and it's just, you know, it, it just brings back so many times that I recovered young kids, you know, and and just remember the family members being there, the, the, you know, the toughness trying to go through that to explain to them, you know, um, you know, and on the other hand, you know, it was, it was uh, very rewarding being able to maybe bring closure and then and then the other ones the, the the good successful rescues that you that we did make was uh you know very rewarding so but to the guys out there you know putting putting themselves on the line um you know and everybody just thinks you get in you know throw one tank on you're done you know no it's it's numerous dives numerous dives you know uh we were 24 7 uh rain sleet snow you name it. it was like the post you know like you know we were we were you know we were doing Mike, that's the other thing mike i don't like cold water either so that would also yeah, well, disqualify yeah, well, me from yeah i used to do, I used to do uh, cold water I yeah. ice cold water you know i i, I want a warm bar and warm a cold beer, beer. you probably get warm beer. <laughs> yeah. i i got i got in trouble for saying it one time so we're doing ice rescue demonstrations in central park so I'm playing the victim in the water. I got a jacket over my dry suit and everything, and I'm hanging out in the, in the ice. And the helicopter's coming down, and they're doing multiple different ways of pulling victims out of the ice. And and all the dudes there, photographers are there, you know. And uh, 
you know, so they come down uh, with the skid and the guy laying on the, on the skid to grab my hand, pulls me, drags me across the ice. I'm in and out of the water a couple times. And one of the photographers says to me, he goes, man, I bet you can't get out. can't wait to get out of that cold water and get a, uh, a, a hot coffee or something, hot chocolate, right? I go, how about a hot broad and a cold beer? <laughs> I like the way you're thinking, Mike. <laughs> he put it in the center of the Daily News. Oh, gee. All he wanted was a cold beer. Ah, the PC was calling, called the boss, screaming, uh, you know, such nice publicity. Look what that, you know, all he wanted. So the lieutenant's yelling at me. I says, Lou, I never said that. He goes, yes, you did. I go, Lou, I never said that. He goes, yes, you did. I was standing right there. I said, no, I wanted a hot broad and a cold beer. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, Folks, I want to thank everyone for tuning in tonight. I want to uh, thank Mike Carew, Captain Mike Carew, coming on the show. This is his second time. It's always great to have a, a master scuba diver to bring in for his expertise. Phil, uh, short, quick, final last words. Again, uh, condolences to the family, Kylie Rodney's family. Thanks again to Captain Mike, and stay safe, everyone. Have a great night.